You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. How are we doing? So good to see you. So good to see you. I love baptisms. I, that is just one of my favorite things we do because that's celebration of life change. And we're getting creative with how we do it. And if you feel like you're ready to get baptized, then watch the announcements and we're going to just bombard you with some information because we're figuring out some creative ways to do things. We're going to be at people's pools. We're going to do, we're just going to be everywhere we can. And uh, we're going to limit those, limit those environments. Um, and uh, it's going to be a great thing. So if you're ready to get baptized, and just, just let us know. There's a number on your screen. You can, you can interact with us or you can send us an email at info at thecreekfw.com. And we would love to get you set up with that. One of the things that I was thinking about this week that I miss about our, our, our gatherings and just kind of the, 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 the people behind the mask, really, everywhere, is the smile. And we used to do this thing in our services called the greeting time. And, and that for a lot of people, that was like, ah, well, I'm not going to do that to you tonight, but uh, so you're saved on that. But here's one thing I do want us to do. There's just something about the value of a smile. Can we just look around at each other and smile? I mean, just look at your neighbor. You don't touch them. Don't touch your neighbor. Don't do anything. Just smile. Man, just a smile. Doesn't it? It just warms the heart, doesn't it? I love that. I just, I need that. And, and uh, we're going to finish up our, our series tonight called Honest Conversations. And uh, I have some help with this, but I want to read to you the psalm that, that, that really is the, 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 catalyst for this, 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 this session. Um, it's Psalm 133, and we'll put it on the screen for you, but it says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron. That's from Exodus 29, 7, when Aaron was anointed the first priest over the kingdom of Israel. This was after they'd come out of Egypt and God had given very specific instructions even on how the oil is to be made. It was in its, a fine oil, it was expensive. And he's saying, unity is like that. It's so pure and it's so, so wonderful. It's precious that as it flows down like it would over the head and beard of Aaron, running down the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon. Hermon is the highest mountain um, in this region. It was in Palestine. It was the highest mountain in the region. And so it was like a refreshing dew which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life evermore. What David is writing in this is, is he's kind of saying, look, there's a, there, there is a blessing in unity, and the blessing is life and life evermore, and, and there's so many things going on around us that we've got to have conversations about. The church needs to be having conversations, and, and tonight and to this weekend, and we're going to be having uh, an honest conversation about racial unity in our culture, and I didn't want to do this by myself because I have one perspective. So I invited a really close friend of mine, uh, Bishop Ernest Carradine, and he's with, with Harvest International uh, Christian Fellowship Church here in Fort Worth. We've known each other for several years, and I asked him if we could sit down and just have a conversation about the church and, and unity and what's going on in our culture. So I just want to invite you in to that conversation that we're going we're gonna to show that to you now. 
Well, hey everyone, welcome. Thanks for joining in with us today. I'm here with my good friend, Ernie Carradine, and he's a senior pastor of International Harvest Fellowship in uh, Fort Worth. In Fort Worth. And I think yeah. you get the same thing we get because we're so close to Saginaw, is it? Saginaw right. is it Fort Worth? Yeah, if you just yeah. travel a few more blocks, you'll be in Saginaw, so it's yeah. all right there. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, so we're in the community together. Uh, we're, we ministered our community. We worship together. And man, I just, I love this. Um, I love that we get a chance to sit down. We've been in a series called Honest Conversations. And uh, I've invited you in to, so we can just have an honest conversation about what's going on in the world around us. Sure. You know, just with culture and just uh, uh, racial tension and, and really what it means for the church uh, in a time like this where where how does the church shine? How does the church build a bridge? And how does the church create avenues of unity mm-hmm. within our within our culture? Right, right, right. Well, you know, I think you and I have talked a little bit about this, you know, before this setting. And I think truth is where we start. Yeah. Um, you know, our churches are made up of people within our community. And of course, with people comes, you know, all of their baggage, if you want to use that term. Yeah, we all have it. Um, and, and and in order for us to be able to reach them, we have to reach them with the truth. Mm-hmm. We, as well as our congregation members, have to embrace truth mm-hmm. and allow truth to search our hearts and be open and honest about areas that we are, you know, that we need assistance in, you know. And you, you had mentioned the current culture. Uh, obviously, there's a huge divide uh, politically economically, racially, yeah. and um, you can't separate that out of human beings because right. we all make that up. You know, for me, um, the the racial tension is, I think it hits really at the core of the heart of humanity. And if, if we as the church, the people of God are supposed to set that example, then we have to deal with that as well. Absolutely. Within our within our local assemblies. Yeah. And I think uh, leaders, and I appreciate you uh, wanting to have this conversation. Uh, spiritual leaders have to uh, be um, brave enough to have those conversations. Yeah. You know, and not skirt it and, and deal with it directly. Well, I think a lot of times spiritual leaders don't want to hit the volatile topics because. I'm just going to be honest. A lot of times that they're so worried about losing people from their church, mm-hmm. right? But that's not what Jesus called us to do. No, Jesus did not walk the line. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you look at Christ, I mean, Jesus dealt with racism. Yeah, he did. Right? I mean, when you when you look at the Samaritan, and he was dealing with the Jews, he yeah. told that story about the Samaritans and the Jews, and mm-hmm. he knew exactly what he was what he was doing. Oh, he was going right for the heart in yeah. that. What I love about that is Jesus, he didn't walk the line, but he puts people in a position to where they have to recognize truth. And yes. Because we said we have to start with truth, so they have to recognize the truth. Because you know, the Good Samaritan, you know, who who was the neighbor here? Absolutely. And the people had to answer. And I think I think right now, just the gospel, Jesus' word, and 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 the Holy Spirit's kind of leading a thing in the church right now. I believe. Of how does the church answer? Right, and the church has to answer with truth. Absolutely, you know, and not avoid. I mean, even even in John chapter four, I think it's a beautiful thing because Jesus, he went through Samaria. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't go around it. You know, there, there, that's where the tension and the racial tension was. Mm-hmm. It, it was economic, it was political, and it was racial. Right. But I love that Jesus went through it. And I was, 
I was listening to someone talk about it the other day, and he said, I just think it's beautiful that it's called Samaria. Hmm. He said, because for Christians, we all have some area in our life that we've got to follow Jesus into to deal with the issues. Absolutely. And, and I think this is some area that, that the church has been, I think the church has done a good job of saying we love each other and we're united. But when in this sitting down at the table together and go, okay, what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right. You know, uh, I'm going to share this, you know, we have, we have a, a very precious lady that's part of our congregation, Caucasian lady. And when she came to us, uh, she had never really been a tour, you know, predominantly African-American church, and she enjoyed the worship and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And when, you know, the racial tension started to, uh, you know, bubble up within society, um, you know, she asked the question, you know, I guess she had been in some conversations mm -hmm. and she had asked the question. She said, well, Bishop, why, you know, why haven't you guys really talked about this? You know, and I've been here for four years, mm. and she said, and we've never really had these conversations. And I guess, you know, it just really depends on uh, what you're used to. You know, yeah. uh, everybody's from different cultural backgrounds, and you, you know, you have a life that you, you live that's the norm. Mm. I have a life that I live that's the norm. Yeah. You really never have to go outside the norm until there's almost this clash. Yeah. And now we have to deal with the clash. We have the clash. Yeah. And I think we have a clash <laughs> you know, within our society. Yeah. And I think it's important that we are able to have these types of dialogues mm -hmm. uh, in a spirit of truth and a spirit of love. I think, uh, you know, what, you know, fear enters in when there's a lot of uh, what we've seen on television, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of violence, you know, racial um, slurs being thrown on, on both sides. And so, you know, nobody really wants that. Nobody likes that. And people pull back from that. And mm -hmm. then there's a fear of, well, I want to know, but I'm afraid to ask because I don't want to have to deal with this clash. Yeah, right. You know, and um, and so I think really understanding, you know, each other mm -hmm. uh, culturally will help us walk through that, you know, that process to get the truth. I agree. And I think, you know, fear does kind of shut us down. And I think ultimately the enemy wants to do that mm -hmm. because it's, you know, in Psalm 133, you know, it says, you know, there's a blessing when, when the people dwell in unity. Right. And, and at the end of that chapter says the blessing is, is life. Mm -hmm. And ultimately the enemy wants to steal, kill and destroy. Absolutely. I mean, his MO is death, you know, and the way he gets to that death is through, through, through offenses, mm -hmm. builds those into division and then ultimately destruction. Right. And I think, you know, fear is something that, that we we shouldn't be afraid to have these conversations, but I think we've got to be able to come to the table with a mutual respect and realizing, you know, we were talking earlier, we see life from different perspectives. Absolutely. I need to learn from your perspective. And, and the only way you're going to have an honest conversation and get to change really is a lot of listening mm -hmm. and, and being able, being willing to ask the questions in a search for the truth. Right. We all process the news in different ways. You know, just based on, I mean, that's that's based on race, based on eco economic situation, that's based on political. political. We just, we process so differently. Right. Um, but as the redeemed, we should be processing from that lens. Absolutely. And, and, and that creates a, another filter and, and being able to sit down and learning from each other's perspectives. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, 
you know, and I, I think we have so many differences and I think culture likes the division. You know, it's, it, it always creates a good news feed. Mm-hmm. It always creates a, an epic battle. And, and, you know, because the shows we watch, there has to be the tension, right. you know. And, well, that's what draws the, that's what draws, drama draws people's attention. It does. <laughs> Sadly, it does, doesn't it? Nothing else sells but drama. Yeah. So, you know, but I mean, you know, you had asked me uh, as we, you know, came together, you know, have I ever experienced racism? Yeah. And obviously, you know, being African-American male, I have, you know, we live in a country that, you know, unfortunately had. Um, you know, it's, you know, seeds of racism sown uh, in the infancy through slavery and, and the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, as an African-American male growing up, you know, in the South, uh, born in Louisiana, uh, my father was, uh, was a, a soldier in the United States Army. And, uh, you know, I, I remember very early uh, instances where he had just come back from his second tour in Vietnam and uh, he had been reassigned from Fort Polk, Louisiana to um, Fort Dix, New Jersey. So here we're leaving the South and we're headed up North and uh, we get to uh, Virginia and we get ready to go into a restaurant and, um, you know, we're, we're not welcome. We're not served. So mm-hmm. I was eight years old really didn't understand what was going on as a kid. I was hungry. Yeah. And, um, um, but you know, shortly after that, my, my father said, okay, come on, you guys, let's go. And we got back in the car. I didn't really understand what had just transpired two years later. So that was a very, probably my first instance of, you know, uh, discrimination. Um, you know, as children, we play with, we play with anybody that would play with us. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that to me began my journey of trying to understand that type of divide and to why is it that, you know, this type of behavior exists. Uh, And, you know, as time goes on, you learn that people learn racism is taught. You know, you grow up in it. When you see children playing and that that. Uh, spirit is not released upon them at that time. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a friend. Everybody's yeah. playing, playing together. But you know, for whatever reason, obviously we live in a fallen world, and uh, you know there are things that get in us along the way, and then we have to figure out how to deal with it. Especially when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and we we when we look at what we see in Scripture of how Christ speaks of unity. Ephesians 4 says that we have to endeavor to keep unity in the bond of peace. Good scripture to quote, but how do we work through that? Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And he says you have to endeavor. It just doesn't Mm -hmm. happen. That works, you know, between uh, culture. That works. I mean, that applies to culture. That applies to, you know, marriage, relationship, friendship across the way. Unity just doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. But what helps unity is an understanding. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible said wisdom is... principal thing, so therefore get wisdom, but in all that getting, getting understanding. I have uh, worked with people and when I was in the United States uh, Air Force who came from different cultural backgrounds, um, who I didn't understand, they didn't understand me, and we would almost clash, but once I got to understand their perspective and they understood my perspective, mm-hmm. 
the lights popped on and we were able to work together. And so I think that's huge, you know, having an understanding of someone's background and where they're coming from and what their perspective is and knowing one another's story. Absolutely. Stories are important. Yes. And, and I think the perspective, you know, we can't see through each other's eyes, but when we, when we share the stories, we can, we can see each other's perspective. Absolutely. You know, and understand. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of white people that are kind of like, how do I, how do I respond when I ask, you know, so we talked about experiencing racism. Mm -hmm. So how, what, how, how do I respond? I mean, my heart's broken that, that, that people harbor that, mm -hmm. you know, my heart hurts because there's children that are grown up that are, that are not taught truth that are, that are perpetuating brokenness mm -hmm. with news and culture trying to push responses on people. How, how do people respond? Cause we're encouraging people to have conversations. Right. How do they respond? Well, I think this is a good response to sit down and have conversations. Mm -hmm to find people that you can really sit down and have honest, open conversation from. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a, another brother in the church, he's a Caucasian brother, and he loves the Lord, and he loves people very genuine heart. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he felt like you. How, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to stand up and hold up a Black Lives Matter sign? I mean, I feel like there's something that I have to do. And I told him, but brother, just be who you are. Mm -hmm. Be genuine. You know, be... Um, you know, willing to have that type of dialogue because what tends to happen is if you over, you try to do something that, you know, you, you try to do something to, to, to explain your position and now you've, you, you've overcorrected and now people are looking at you, you know, through, through different, different colors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, I, I think that uh, it's important, important to be able to have these conversations and let them happen naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's what I love about this season the most is I have been approached by numerous uh, friends, people that I've been friends with for years that now they want to know, OK, but, but to me, what that says is, OK, the light bulb has come on. Yeah. And and people are starting to come to a realization that, hey, you know, maybe there's something different because, no, you know, really people don't see that. Right. You know. But now, because of some of the hideous things that we've seen on television, people are, really, you know, open, you know, honest people that that just love people mm -hmm. are saying, "Wait a minute, this this is not right." And I yeah. think that's the key yeah. to to call it what it is. This is wrong. Yeah, yeah. We we, you know, everything that we have to stand for is justice. Right. And when something's wrong. We have to be able to say it's wrong. It's wrong. And I think, I, I can't remember what it's, what it's, what there's a term, a psychological term for it, but it's, it's really recognition. So, you know, people uh, don't recognize a certain car until they buy that car. Mm -hmm. And then they look around, everybody drives the same car, <laughs> you know, but I think it's, it's one of those things where there's, there's things happening in our world around mm -hmm. us. I mean, and you said it absolutely true. It's a broken world and a fallen world. And, and it's acting out of brokenness. It's acting out of the fallen nature. We don't notice it until it's in our it's in our windshield. Right. And then we start looking around, going, "Okay, wait a second. I, I'm noticing." Right. It, and it, I think it's it's one thing to notice it, 
but as the body of Christ, we've got to do something. Absolutely. And I, I, I don't, I don't, and, and help me on this. I don't really think that this is a legislative change that's going to fix it. It's not. It's got to start at the heart level. And that's, you know, I think the legislation changes uh, is a part of it because it almost, you know, forces you into it. You know, when I early on in my military career, uh, we had to go through, you know, racial divide, racial training. Yeah. I mean, it was mandated that you had to have these conversations. Yeah, I'm in the corporate world, same thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, but if it had not been for legislation to say, hey, you will do this, mm -hmm. but that's a start, but that, that yeah. don't keep you there. Right. Now we got to clean hearts. Hearts mm -hmm. got to be clean. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and we've legislated stuff, you know, but legislation is a start, but it doesn't keep you. Right. It doesn't change hearts. No, it doesn't. You know, and from a Christian perspective, we've got to allow the word of God to embrace it and to, you know, part of my, my um, you know, our theme at our church is, uh, application of the word of God produces transformation. Amen. And if we don't yeah. take the word yeah. and apply it, and and I'm not just talking about with racial tension, I'm talking about with everything. Everything. There are some personal issues that I have that I have to put the word to work in it, and the flesh does not like it. No, no. <laughs> but I have to crucify my flesh yeah. because this is what God says I have to do. Mm -hmm. And I keep, when I find myself in those instances and I choose to apply the word of God there until the flesh screams, until it stops or gets tired of screaming. And, yeah. and then, you know, all of a sudden there's a change that comes and then deliverance is. Absolutely. That's the overpowering nature of the spirit at work. Absolutely. In you. But it's intentional. It is intentional. It's you know, God calls us into an intimate relationship with Him. Absolutely. You don't you don't fall into that. You don't just happen to have a, a, a great marriage. Right. You don't happen. You know. You don't happen into success. There's right. there's work that that goes into it, and there's a flesh side. There's there's a, there is a demonic side to, mm -hmm. to all of this, and and I think we've got to recognize those things. You know, I, I, one pastor that I love, he always says. You can't disciple a demon, and you can't cast out the flesh. <laughs> you you have to work each one in, 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 in the right. right place. That's right. You That's know, right. so you know, recognize the demonic strongholds, and and, and I, I really believe racism is a demonic stronghold that begins to take root in the flesh. Yes. So we've got to deal with the demonic side of it, and then we've got to deal with the flesh side right. of it. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. And here's what's interesting about that. You know, God created man in his image, mm -hmm. right? I didn't talk about color, race, creed. It's, it, you know, mm -hmm. it's, his, it's his image, mm -hmm. right? And we know that Satan hates the very image of God, yep. right? And, and so if he could get, you know, for lack of a better way of, you know, explaining it, the images of God attacking one another, mm -hmm. he's, he's the winner. Yeah, you know, and, let them and, tear themselves down. Absolutely, and uh, and at some point we've got to we've got to first of all recognize that my brother's created in the image of God. Mm -hmm. I'm created in the image of God. Now, you know, if we deface the image of God, that's a problem. Yeah, it's you know, sin. It is sin, absolutely. Uh, you know, when Cain slew Abel, mm -hmm. you know, striking out against your brother, you know, striking out 
against the very image of God. And you know, what the enemy does is he has got the place in our minds to see one another less than mm -hmm. before we can do that, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, just, you know, from a historical standpoint, you know, African-Americans back during slavery days were seen as, as chattel. Three-fifths of the man is what it was. Mm -hmm. and, and so you have to, if you say that enough to where people start believing the lie, then we can treat you like we would property. Yeah. And I think that's some of the things that we're having to try to overcome. Yeah. True, the truth of the gospel sets us free. It does. Amen. It, it really does. It sets us free. It liberates us if we really want to be free. And I, I think we live in a nation that is the land of the free. Mm -hmm. And it's time that, that we start working Toward in it. that freedom. It is, we'd like to use those as buzzwords, the land of the free, you know, the, you know, the home of the brave. Mm -hmm. Those are good patriotic, you know, yeah. being, being a, a, a former military you know, member, you know, there's something that swell up within me. Yeah. You know, I, I got, you know, 26 plus years and then another 13 years working for the government. Mm. That's part of who I am. Yeah. But it tears me apart on the inside when that's what we claim to be, but we don't see it played out in our streets. If, if that's who we, well, we were talking earlier, <laughs> you know, pressure brings out what's Absolutely. inside. We, we can talk cheap that we're the, the land of the free and the home of the brave. But when the pressure comes on, what's inside is going to come out. Absolutely. And, and I think what we're seeing right now uh, is a time of squeezing in our, in our culture. And what's coming out isn't bravery. Mm-hmm. And what's coming out is that we have an idea of freedom, but we're not willing to pursue it. Well, and then it's twisted. Yeah. Well, I think coming back into the truth of the gospel, when Jesus said, he whom the Son sets free is free, free indeed. indeed. You know, it was his bravery on the cross yes. that bought our freedom. Absolutely. And I think, I think above nationalism, we need to submit as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. That's right. And, and you know, I mean, I just think, you know, in Revelation 7, it's, it's, it, that's all people. Yes. I mean, we all come together and sing the praises of God. And, and we all come together. And, you know, that's that's the beauty of the kingdom, right? Yes. Un unity. All kindred, all culture. It's beautiful. Man. Yeah, that's, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Every tongue, every nation, every kindred, race, creed, Everyone. will all declare that Jesus is Lord, right? Yeah. So why don't we practice that now? <laughs> I mean, that's what we're called to do. I mean, it's, you know, we, we teach it at the creek that, you know, God has a purpose for your life that when, when, when he saves you, he doesn't just take you home. Mm -hmm. He saves you for a purpose and you have a purpose to walk on this right. earth. And, and, and a, a major component is kind of mirroring what Jesus said. I've, I've come to bring the kingdom. Yes. And so I, I think, you know, we talk about our churches being a reflection of the community I think that's that's lowering the view of what the church is called to be. The church is a reflection of the kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think when we can start operating in that and having the dialogue, um, being will being be willing to listen and and recognize my perspective isn't always right. Right. And and I think that's 
that's the key to kind of ushering that kingdom in, right? Absolutely. Because that's not just a future event, that unity. And, and I just think that's beautiful about the body. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. And, and uh, you know, what else can we say? I mean, it, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, I think this is a start having these types of conversations and being able to see various perspectives mm. and then gaining some understanding and then walking together into that understanding. Um, you know, um, you have your perspective. I have my perspective. When I understand you and you understand me, um, that plays into our relationship. Yeah. You know, and um, I think, uh, you know, having, have, having that understanding and, ha- and allowing kingdom perspective to rule, uh, that puts us on in a good place. It does. And sets us on a good path. It does. And thank you for doing this. Thank you for, for joining in with us. And, and I just, I love you very much. Love I'm, you too, brother. proud of you. Thank Amen. you. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, let's pray. Let's do it. Amen. Father, yes, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Father God, for a start. Um, this is the first time that Matt and I have had these conversations, and I, and I just appreciate his boldness and, and and our ability to come together as men of God, as brothers uh, in Christ that, that love you and love one another. And, uh, and just really, Father God, looking forward to what you will have us to do together, even in our communities. And, and Lord, I pray that you would bless his congregation, bless him, grant him the wisdom and give him uh, supernatural insight, Father God, as he pushes kingdom agenda uh, in the ministry and, and in this uh, in his portion of ministry uh, for the kingdom of God. And uh, just ask, Lord, that all that have the opportunity to view uh, this session, Lord, will be enlightened, will be blessed, will ponder uh, in, our, in their hearts, Father God, what it is that you would have them to do. So we thank you, we honor you, and we give you praise in yes. Jesus' name. In his name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, man. This, this is not the end of a conversation. This is the beginning. This, this is where we now have to take the step as a church. We have to take the step as the redeemed, as people who see from a kingdom lens uh, into our culture uh, with the truth and and. and the freedom that only comes through Christ because that's what unites us. And, and I just want, I want to thank Ernie for sitting down with me. Um, he is an amazing man of God. The wisdom that he holds is incredible. Uh, his wife is just, she is a beautiful, beautiful woman, especially when she preaches, man. She can preach. And, and Heather and I have gotten to spend some time with him, and I love and I cherish that relationship. This is the beginning of, of, of conversations, and it's, it's, it's up to us. We all have a responsibility. And just to get honest with you, I talk to a lot of a lot of people, and they say, "Well, I'm not a racist," and that's the end of the conversation. Just saying that doesn't give you the the right to push the problem onto somebody else. The problem is in front of us, and the people of God need to come around it and work together and walk together into solutions. And I just, I, I have two questions that I want to challenge you with as we, as we close our time. And, and the first one is to examine your life, examine your heart, and ask what's in my heart. David 
would write in the Psalms, search my heart, O God. Reveal any wicked way in me. Reveal what's inside. And as you reveal that, God, let's, let's deal with it. But, but what's in your heart? What's in your heart about the issues around us? What's in your heart about people with different perspectives? What's in your heart about people uh, from different races? What's in your heart about people who are just different? And then I want to really challenge you to go the next step and ask you this, who put it there? Because we come into environments like this where we learn the truth of the Word of God. The Word of God teaches us that there's a blessing when we dwell in unity in its life. And if the Holy Spirit has not planted your view of others in your heart, then, then I want to I want to I want to draw you into repentance. I want to invite you into a moment with the power of God that is in this place. In the Old Testament, repentance means to change directions. In the New Testament it means to change your mind. As we invite the power of God through, through repentance and even for some salvation. He changes our heart and from that heart changes our direction, changes our mind about the way we interact with the world that God has placed us in. And I want to invite you into that conversation with God first and then with our brothers and sisters. We've got to have the truth, the gospel, Jesus Christ is the Son of God who didn't look at us in our differences and our brokenness, but he looked on us with love and took our sin on his shoulders. And the power of God called him from the tomb on the third day. That's the power of God unto salvation. That's the power of God that we need to walk in our world with. And I pray that as he gives you that, you have the courage to love justice, to do justice, to seek mercy, and let us walk humbly with our God as we walk humbly with each other. Let me pray for us. Father, we recognize moments like this, and it's time to come to you and, and get honest. It's time to be real. The, the, the masks are down. The, the heart is exposed before you. And I'm asking you, through the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal what's in us. Reveal any, any, any wicked way. Reveal any evil that we've listened to the enemy to create our perspective and create our views. I'm asking you to show that to us right now. And I'm asking you by the power of the Holy Spirit to break those bondages to break the bondages of sin and break the bondages of division, break the bondage that is called racism. I'm asking you to free us. Let us be free people in Christ who clearly and beautifully and wonderfully reflect your image, God, that we are all created in to a world around us. Let us, as your image, show the world a better way. I ask you to save us from apathy. 
from hearing a message like this and an interaction like this and just walking away doing nothing. But I'm asking you to move us to action, to draw us with your kindness into repentance, oh God. Forgive us, heal us, deliver us, free us so that we may be people in your image celebrating the unity of the kingdom in this broken world and giving you all the praise and the glory and the honor. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at